Hello, I'm Anthony William, and you're listening to the Medical Medium Radio Show, where each week I talk about the most advanced healing information and secrets about health, much of which is not found anywhere else and is decades ahead of what's out there now. This is the only health show where the information here is not contaminated. It doesn't come from interest groups or medical funding with strings attached, botched research, lobbyists, internal kickbacks, persuaded belief systems, private panels of influencers, and health field payoffs or trendy traps. Why do I have to say so much of that? Because in Alternative and conventional medicine, it's polluted when it comes down to chronic illness, when it comes down to chronic illness and some other things too. Let's be honest. Let's be, let's be open about that. It's always been that way. It's all about where the money goes and what interests goes into what. And then, <laughs> hey, chronic illness is left out in the cold for decades. We know. We've seen it. Come on. All the health information I share here comes from a pure, untampered with, advanced, clean source, a higher source, spirit of compassion. There's nothing more healing than compassion. Do we have 10 or 20, 30 years to wait for answers? No, we don't. We need those answers. People who have been tuned in to the Medical Medium Show know about the advanced information coming you know, that comes and that we talk about here and in providing answers that needed to be there a long time ago for people. And I've, I've done that for people, but now it's, I'm trying to do that for everyone. I'm trying to get the answers out there for everyone. It's really important. New people that are just tuning into the show, um, it all started for me at age four. woke up one morning, heard a voice perfectly clear in real time. That means right there in the ear, going into the ear, was a voice telling me my grandmother had lung cancer, also telling me what's going on with every single person around me, no matter where I am and what I'm doing about what's happening in their health. It hasn't stopped. It's been happening since age four. And that's what I do. So um, today's about pregnancy, pregnancy. And we're going to cover some different things about it. Um, how to protect a pregnancy, how to protect uh, your baby, Okay, as your baby's developing. And, you know, it's important because we already, this is a big deal. Children are everything because without children, where does the planet go? Where does the earth go? We know that. We really go nowhere without children. And we have to take care of our children. We have to know how to care for the future. And, and it matters. It starts with each and every one of us. Now, we're all not perfect. We're all not perfect. It's a hard world. And, you know, everybody just, you know, makes mistakes. We all make mistakes. I make mistakes. We all make mistakes in life. So, you know, if there's something you feel like you're not doing enough for your baby or your pregnancy, light heart, light heart. You know, the one thing I want this show to be is information that can help move you forward. And I know that over the years when I talk to mommies, and I've talked to a lot of mommies over the years, and, you know, sometimes a mommy be like, I wish I knew that before. And that's okay. That's, that's perfectly okay. Because, you know, there's so many things at hand that's even out of our control. I'm going to tell you right now. There's so many things out of our control when it comes down to our babies and pregnancies and getting pregnant and, and everything about it. There's a lot of things that are just, they're not in our control. You know, we, science and research wants to have everything just, you know, in just wrapped up, weighed and measured and wrapped up. 
But I'm sorry, it's not all like that when it comes down to pregnancies. It's not, okay? There's other forces at hand, divine forces, okay? Divine forces, godly forces, you know, holy forces, spiritual forces that work in our favor, angelic forces. You know, these are there, and they, they also play a part. So, you know, it's not everything is in our control every day. It's not wrapped up and with a bow and science and research has it all down. That's not it at all. You know, there's, there's women that can't get pregnant. And then science and research says, well, they just, they're never going to get pregnant. And they get pregnant. They get pregnant. Absolutely. There's always miracles. There's always something working when it's around children and mommies. There's always, it's powerful angels are always working with mommies, always working with babies, always working with children all the time. In fact, it's a great place. It's where, it's where most of the angelic work actually lies is our children and our mommies. That's where, that's what the angels are spending so much time with. That's what, that's where the angels are doing so much. And, you know, and, and that's a big part of it all. But we're going to talk about more than that. We're just, just give kind of, look, I'm excited. This is a great show. Um, and it's long been needed. So let's, let's, let's move forward with the show. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So to start with, you know, what do we take? What do we take? What do we do supplement-wise? What do we do food-wise when we're getting pregnant or we're pregnant? Well, let's start with um, if we're pregnant, what to avoid. Now, I'm not going to insult everybody. I'm not going to insult all the mommies and say, oh, the, no smoking, uh, no drinking, because you, you know that. You know that. You know, that's the, you know that mantra that you probably get, you know, from the gynecologist or, or from, you know, or from your just family doctor or whatever it is when you're pregnant, that, you know, that whole thing is, is, you know, it's needed. It's there, you know, it's, it's, it's ingrained out there, but I'm not going to insult you and run over all that. But I am going to tell you about some other things to avoid that maybe you're not avoiding, but that's, (laughs) that's okay. That's all right. And it's, it's great because, you know, hey, you can work on avoiding it for, you know, for the future if you've already had your baby. And you'd be like, oh, I wish I avoided that when, you know, when my baby was inside of me. No, just it's all good. It's all good. So we're going to cover, we're going to cover some things to avoid, number one. And, and it's important even if you have, some of these are important even if you've already had your baby. Okay? So <laughs> that's why they're important. So I want to start with the pesticide thing. And I'm not just talking about on food. Okay. That's the first thing. Maybe some of you are probably already thinking, Oh, I do organic. I do organic. You know that that's, that's great. That's great. If you can't do organic, you can't do organic. And we're going to cover a little bit about that. And, um, and someone might be saying, Hey, well, that's already known. Uh, what new information is he bringing? No, no. I'm talking about pesticides from like, um, trucks from like trucks that pull up to a condo or a house or um, a park and pull out a thousand foot hose that runs off the truck and spray the whole park down with some kind of, you know, happy bug killer. So I'm talking about things like that. So one thing to avoid 
is, is this kind of thing. That's not always easy to avoid, but it's ha- it happens every day. It's out there all the time. And I don't want you paranoid. I don't want anybody paranoid. That's not it at all. I don't want you in fear. It's not about that. It's about empowering yourself. It's about strengthening yourself with information. You, you, you don't hide information in worries that you're going to stress somebody out and put them in fear. You bring out the information so the person's empowered, strengthened, to move forwards and protect themselves. You know, that, that's, that's the whole point. And what happens in, what happens with 99.9% of all parks is that truck comes when nobody knows it. And sometimes they see it when it comes at a time at a different time of day or early in the morning or uh, at the end of the day when people leave the park. And that hose comes out and sprays the heck out of that field like no tomorrow. And on, on the truck, you usually see like a happy cartoon. And, and there's a reason why they do the cartoons on pesticide uh, trucks and different kind of applicated trucks and different kind of um, um, pesticide containers and all that stuff. They put happy faces on them. They put faces that children love, actually. They put cartoon characters on there that mommies feel safe with. They put like a, a cartoon of a worm with a face on it. <laughs> and um, not what you expected today, right? <laughs> All the mommies out there. <laughs> not what you expected. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm already apologizing. And I apologize anyway a lot of the times, but I'm already apologizing so early on in the show. Um, so usually there's like, you know, there's like a, a, a big worm on the truck, you know, big green, happy face, some antennas and, and big smiley face, big eyes. And it's usually a lot of these, a lot of these um, trucks have cartoon characters all over them. Or even when you get, you know, like home treatments or something and it's a treatment at home and the truck might have like – a bunch of happy termites on it or something, you know, <laughs> seriously, seriously, not all of them are like this, but I would say they're getting there. They're, it's the new trend, um, the brand new trend. They're, they're getting away from skull and crossbones, which should be on, which should be on these trucks. Every one of them is skull and crossbones. That should be on the, the truck and also dangerous for babies and mommies inside mommies. Or outside of mommies. And that should be on every one of these trucks. And the problem is we got to take our babies to the park. And we have to. You know, I call, I, you know, I would call the park service and find out a schedule. Demand a schedule. Uh, application schedule. If you, someone said, well, we don't really spray. No, we don't spray. We don't spray. A golf course, you know, this is so funny. Um, I called ahead of time for a friend. Um, Who's, who's bringing their babies to a golf course and whatnot, and we were going to play a little bit and everything like that. I called ahead of time, and I got somebody on the phone. And they're like, well, you don't have to worry about that here. We don't, we don't have that here. And I'm like, actually, you do. You do. Every last course on this planet is sprayed to death, is sprayed like never before. So I need you to get me someone that, that knows what they're talking about. And, um, and then, you know, you finally get someone. They're like, yeah, yeah, let me look at the schedule. Um, they came last night or they're coming actually this morning at 10. They're doing the west part of the field. I'm like, well, we're canceling because which way is the wind blowing? Can you imagine that hose spraying over there? You don't even know you're playing golf. You get the little babies, right? You got the, you know, the toddlers. Can you imagine? Well, happens every day. Happens every day. This is no joke. Uh, look. 
I'm going to cover this until I have to cover it. I don't care. It's about watching your back. Some of you are probably like, ah, it's not the show I wanted. I thought he was going to talk about food. I am going to talk about food. That's not the show I wanted. He's he's not talking about why we can't get pregnant. No, I'm going to cover some of that. And we're going to do, you know, a lot of these because 54 minutes doesn't, uh, or whatever it is, 60 minutes doesn't cover all of it. So, so here's the deal. We got to be cautious with this, especially if we're, we're, we're pregnant. We have to be cautious. Mommies tend to, or daddies tend to not be as smart as mommies. I'm not trying to be, I hope this doesn't insult anybody. But daddies are not as smart as mommies. I'm sorry. Maybe some of them are maybe as smart possibly out there. But come on. Come on. Come on. Let's be straight. Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Daddies aren't as smart as mommies. I mean, in a lot of ways. Okay. And and daddies will keep, you know. Uh, if he, if daddy sees spider in a house or sees a ant in a house, might have a, you know, a company, insecticide company, come right up to the house, spray the entire house inside and out when mommy's pregnant. We don't want that. And maybe that's happened to you. And that's okay. But we don't want to do that anymore at all. Not while pregnant. If you have to do something like that. You got to do it after pregnancy and you have to leave the house and you have to take your toddler with you or your baby already that you've had out of the house. You got to go to a hotel or, or a friend's house, which would even be better, something or a family member's house for a day or two. That's critical. And I still wouldn't get it done. I still wouldn't get it done. You know, I would try to find either alternative means or, or, or better, better, safer means if there's, you know, say some sugar ants that are in the house, which believe it or not, spray is not going to get them out. You know, Arizona, Florida, California, when sugar ants get in the house, you could spray, spray, come, come every two weeks. They'll just come back. They'll just come back. They'll just come back. <laughs> so we just got to be cautious and we have to pick and choose our battles with whatever bugs in the house. We have to pick and choose and we have to be very mindful. And if we're pregnant, you got to just call it quits. No sprays, no nothing, no sprays in the gardens. If you were, you're in a condo. And there's going to spray outside anyway. You can always contact the association or whatever it is that you have to contact and tell them you can't have them spray around your part because you're pregnant. And chances are someone's going to be like not wanting to mess with that. Mommies have – they have a little bit more armor, meaning to work with. And they can be like – you know, or daddy can call and be like, you know, hey, I, I can't have spray around my wife right now, not around this part of the, the you know, apartment, okay, or whatever. You can always – there's things to try that are different that can work when, when your wife's pregnant, when, when you're pregnant. So all these things matter. So if you're getting anything like that, if you own a home, just don't be doing any of that spray stuff no matter what, outside or in. No treatments, none of that out in the properties. Why? It's not good. It's not good for so many reasons. It's it's just it is not good. Okay, if you've already done it and you're pregnant, then we we'll just work on you know doing the right foods, doing things to kind of protect you, protect your baby, protect the baby, and and so this is something you think about. Parks, call ahead of time, find schedules with parks so they're not spraying down the lawn. You go out, your baby's sitting on the grass. This is what, what we don't want. Or you're sitting on the grass pregnant. 
or whatever. You know, the, the, all this is critical. Really, really critical. I can't stress it enough. I can't stress it enough. You know, and, and um, okay, when it comes down to food, sure. I mean, we want to do organic when you can. There's going to be some things that are conventional. You're going to be in a place where you can't get an you know, organic banana. You get a conventional banana. You peel it and you eat it. Um, conventional avocados, you, you just, you know, wash the outside, open it, eat the inside. You want to be organic, of course, when you're pregnant. And it's true, but it's not going to always happen. You're going to be in a restaurant somewhere. You're going to be, and restaurants are the trickiest places anyway, to be honest. You know, they say something's organic and it's not. They do. I mean, I've, I've seen it all in restaurants. I, I could, I could go to town there, but so, you know, it's, so you want to eat as healthy as you can. You want to, as far as the conventional produce, you want to avoid when you can, where you can. If you can't, and it's not possible, you live in some some region that just delivers conventional bananas and and conventional apples and conventional oranges, and that's all you got. Hey, look, I get it. I get it. And, um, and I've seen it before. I've lived it the whole bit. So you do what you can. That's best. You stay away from things you can't wash. And when it comes down to greens or celery, you want it to be organic. If you can, if you can, it's important. Any kind of greens, any kind of lettuces, those are important. And there's some things you can totally get away with that are conventional. Um, Things that peel, you know, oranges. You can get away with oranges and grapefruits that are conventional. You could get away with melons. You could get away with papayas. You can get away with mangoes. You can get away with avocados. You can get away with... um, you know, some other things too. So there, you can do a lot if you have no choice or you're in just this, this situation. But why do I care about pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, rodenticides, whatever side? You know, I mean, I, why do I care? Because they're not good for babies' development inside the womb. They're not good there at all. And they could cause some serious trouble. So we just look out. We look out the best you can. Um, and if you have been exposed, then we just, we just, we just amp things up along the way. And uh, so everything works out fine. It's just, you know, this is an important piece to it all that no one talks about. No one talks about. And like I said, everything's changing out there in the pesticide world where there's happy faces and cartoons all over these trucks now. And all over these canisters, it's unreal what's happening. And that's all the psych mommy out. It's actually the psych mommy out is what it is. It's, it's unbelievable. It's really, really sinister. Uh, it's, it's sinister. Um, so some of the things to avoid in the food realm. Well, you know, of course, no alcohol, right? When you're pregnant, when you're pregnant, no alcohol. Yeah, duh, you know that. And you know, no smoking. You're, you're probably laughing like, yeah, who doesn't know that? But you should know no chocolate. Somebody should tell mommies no chocolate when pregnant. No chocolate. <laughs> I don't care if it's the raw cacao. I don't care. No chocolate when you're pregnant. It's not a health food when you're pregnant at all. Now, if you've done chocolate or you're eating a lot of chocolate, and I, I look... Here's another thing, too. Before I go into the food thing, I totally get it. There's so many different varieties of sensitivities for pregnancies and pregnant moms. Like, there's moms that just, they're vomiting half the pregnancy. 
There's moms that can only eat a piece of white bread for a month during the pregnancy. I've seen it. I know. I've seen it all. You know, I mean, I have over 30 years. I started really young with helping people one-on-one and having an office really early on in my life because it was all I had to do because it was all I knew to do. And you hear a voice in your ear 24-7, there was, there's no other way. And, and so I've, I've seen it all, and I understand it. And there's going to be times where something is not even going to feel good in your stomach, and just you're going to be able to eat whatever you can eat, and you're not even going to know what you want to eat because you're not going to have hunger there. And then you're going to be starving, but yet you're not going to want something. You're not going to want lettuce. I mean there's so many different – I, I get it. So I want everybody to know that I, I understand. I've never been pregnant myself, and, and, and so I could never say <laughs> – I can never, ever say I understand completely, okay? And, and so, yes, so that's not going to happen because I can't get pregnant myself personally. You know that. But, but I understand a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, so, um, and it's, it's mostly because of spirit, obviously, and that's what it is. So, so foods to avoid, chocolate's one of them. It's, it's too uh, much of a stimulant for babies when they're developing too much of a stimulant so it can cause chocolate has a lot of different toxins in it a lot of different alkaloids that are toxic so it's a different situation so that's something i always tell mommy stay away from no chocolate um keep it out no matter what it seems harmless i know chocolate bar so harmless i get it you know and then healthy chocolate you know um hip trendy cool chocolate, you know, the raw chocolate, whatever you throw it in a smoothie. No, just keep that out when you're pregnant. I would even keep it out prior. If you're having difficulties getting pregnant, if you're having a struggle getting pregnant, if you're having, um, if, if it doesn't feel like it's happening, if you're going to the doctors and it's starting that process where I can't get pregnant, keep the chocolate away. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. So that's, that's one thing to avoid. If you've already done it and you're doing it, and okay, fine. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's not like smoking and it's not like drinking. But it's still one of the things that, that, that should be avoided. Um, there's there's a, a lot of sensitive moms that have underlying conditions that show themselves during pregnancy. Now, I know there's a lot of moms that say, well, I had all this, these problems and then got pregnant and it all went away. It all went away. Okay. Now I know that too, but there's also, there's also a whole bunch of moms. In fact, a larger portion of moms that if they have any kind of health condition, um, that's underneath it all, it can show up during pregnancy. Meaning if they weren't even kind of showing a health problem prior pregnancy, but there was still something underneath. There was still something happening. And then it shows up during pregnancy and certainly after pregnancy. Now, the majority of moms go through that. The, the smaller percentage have a pregnancy and then they're like, they feel like, oh my God, I feel amazing. I was usually fatigued or I usually had something going on. I had some brain fog. I got pregnant and it's gone. That's a small percentage, but it's there. Okay, it's a small percentage. Now, what happens is that that's usually the louder percentage out there. And I'm not saying I'm saying loud in the sense that that usually pops on the trend, not the trend train, but the 
the the rumor world real fast because that's that's like I, that's incredible when that happens. So we pick up on that much faster. What we don't pick up on is how many mommies actually sh- start developing some kind of condition while pregnant. We don't. We kind of just want to forget about that. We kind of just want to know about that. Especially if you know you're a, a young uh, woman and you're you're about to become a mom, you're about to become pregnant, and um, you just don't want to hear about that. And I I understand that a hundred percent. So you want to hear about someone who wasn't feeling that great or something, and then they just it all went away during pregnancy. I totally get it. And usually that's the one that takes off, but it's a smaller percentage. The larger percentage, I care about greatly. I care about greatly because. It's the preeclampsia that can occur. But why? The mystery preeclampsia. Things like that that occurs. You know, um, and that, you know, diabetes, uh, severe fatigue, thyroid problems, all that happens to the majority of the moms. And um, so, so I care about that because that's, that's of course, you know, that's, that's what I'm worried about. And uh, here's, here's the whole thing. And it usually means something was brewing. And then the pregnancy kind of tipped it off. That's all. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you should never be afraid to get pregnant in the sense of that. If that's where, if if you want a baby and this is what you're planning, you and your husband, this is where you're going. um, And, you know, or you and your partner, okay, you're planning on a baby. It's you and your partner, whichever way way it is, you're you're heading there and you want to have that baby. And you're, you know, you're nervous about something happening. It just can't, you can't, you can't be in fear, but, or anything like that, but we can be aware and prepare a little bit and take care of ourselves. So after we have our baby, we're like, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to take care of this. So in case I have another baby, I don't go through this. I don't have any kind of sense of preeclampsia. So different things aren't happening. So I'm not worried about gestational diabetes, all these other different things that that's happening. So you, you know, there's or fatigue or thyroid problems and all that. So it's about preparing for all that and being uh, mindful so it doesn't happen again and, or it doesn't get worse, worse, more, you know, worse the next time around or whatever it is. So I care about that aspect greatly too. That's, that's a big deal. So usually when something's going on, um, when the brain fog, the fatigue, really kicks in during a pregnancy. That means there was something happening, maybe a low-grade viral condition underlying prior the pregnancy. And it kind of stepped up the game. It stepped up during pregnancy because all mommy's reserves are protecting the baby. That's what's happening right there. So all mommy's reserves got to go into the baby. All mommy's reserves, they all go in. And and so it's a big, large percentage. It's just like when uh, menstruation happens. So in a nor- you know, without being pregnant, um, the headaches kick up, uh, acne uh, kicks in shortly after or before or right during. Um, uh, fatigue can kick in. Um, if, if a woman deals with a rash, well, the rash tends to get worse during uh, the cycle. Um, all these things, they, they kind of creep up. They all happen. UTIs can happen after the cycle. Just normal, just a lot of different things that women deal with it can happen around the cycle. Flus, colds tend to all happen right around the cycles because 80% of your uh, immune system and reserves are going to that cycle. They're going to the reproductive system every month. Well, when you're pregnant, when you're pregnant, 
that 80% is going right there all the time. So it's good to build up the immune system actually a little bit before pregnancy. And if you haven't, that's okay. We could eat better during pregnancy. We can eat better and we can build our immune system so those reserves are stronger. So there's there's plenty to go around. You got most of it going to the baby, but the sum that's left for you is kicked up a notch. So that's important. That's important. Um, so usually there's this underlying thing that's occurring, like say a low-grade viral issue. The preeclampsia is, is all viral. Say if um, a lot of times women, they never exhibit lupus or anything like that. They get diagnosed with lupus during their pregnancy. But of course, that all gets pushed off the line now, just like everything else. Um, so they end up getting, you know, after mommy has a baby, she doesn't feel well. She gets diagnosed with Lyme. The baby gets diagnosed with Lyme. This, but just you can't fall for that Lyme thing, though. Yes, Lyme is real. The symptoms and the sickness and the illness that people go through is devastating for so many. But Lyme is not. If there's a massive mistake happening in the industry, and mommies are being thrown into the Lyme train now, like never before in history. So we have to protect you and look really look out for you. If you if you don't know any of the work that Spirit and I do, um, get the Lyme chapter out of the first book, Medical Medium. Read it as soon as you can. Listen to the Lyme show. I'm going to do another one anyway, so you can protect yourself so that. You know when you're diagnosed with Lyme disease after pregnancy that you know, wait a minute, maybe I don't have Lyme. And the labs, because the labs are that messed up, the newest labs are that messed up like never before in history. And doctors aren't communicating with the labs at all. It's a top secret. It's like a top secret place at the lab. And the doctors get told nothing from the lab. Um, So so with that, with that, there's other things going on. Low-grade viral issues, common ones like the Epstein-Barr is one of – mommy's greatest uh, nemesis is whatever, how we want to say it. It's one of mommy's greatest challenges, meaning it happens. It's what causes the thyroid problems after pregnancies all the time. So when, you know, mommy has her second baby, then all of a sudden, boom, where did this Hashimoto's come from? That's from Epstein-Barr. When mommy has her, her third baby and it all comes, or after the first baby, it all comes. And then there's mommies that go into pregnancies and they've already had the uh, Hashimoto's. They've already had the the uh, um, symptoms, they've already had some fatigue and other things going on, and they were working on that, and then they got pregnant, and they had their baby, and that's, that happens too. But conditions like preeclampsia and also conditions like um, like rashes and fatigue and all these different things happen during pregnancy and after pregnancy, which because of viral conditions, and, and that's okay. That, that doesn't stop us from getting pregnant, doesn't stop us from having beautiful, baby, healthy babies and moving forward. But it's just something to keep in mind. So if you if you're, haven't been pregnant yet and you're going to work on it and you think you've had some thyroid problems or whatever it is, then you just want to clean things up and you want to you know, build up your immune system. You want to knock down any kind of old little monobug that's been in your system hidden away. And you want to kind of build yourself up. This is important, believe it or not. Some of you may say, why is he talking about this? I thought this was a baby show. I thought this was a pregnancy show. No, no, no. This is really important because there's so many moms that go through this. It's, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and there's, there's something – okay, when a mommy's not feeling good and it's a mystery – and she's been to doctor to doctor, and she's pregnant, but she just feels terrible, and it's more than just being pregnant. Or she was feeling not great before she got pregnant. She's been to five doctors, and they really don't know what it is. They just think she's overworked, overstressed, but she's confused because she's getting different symptoms, and she's getting blood work and all these different things, and she doesn't know what's going on. That puts fear and chaos into 
in, in, into, the, into the body and into the womb. It puts fear and chaos in there. It, it's important to know what's going on. So go, oh, so I've been kind of viral. That explains it. So that's why I've kind of had these kind of weird rashes. And that's why I was fatigued and had some brain fog. I'm not like going crazy. I'm not dying. Um, I'm not like, you know, uh, hypochondriac. So I was, I was a little bit viral. And I get it. So I have to, after I have my baby, I have to protect myself more in case I have another one, all these different things. And yeah, it, it, it brings relief, believe it or not. I'm sure someone's going to be like, well, I don't know. I don't want to hear this stuff because it scares me. No, but it, it will bring relief to so many moms. I know because I've seen it for decades. I've seen it for decades. So it's important to know that, um, but you can protect yourself before your pregnancy, during your pregnancy, after and protect the baby um, as well. Like the whole preeclampsia thing is actually um, a, a viral issue. That's a more intense kind of uh, more intense version of the virus occurring, a virus occurring. And um, and so that's something that, you know, that and even with that, you can, you know, you can still have your baby. It's still whatever. But it's it's important to. Be aware that when you have your next baby, if you've had a little bit of mild preeclampsia, that developing, like the pre, the whole mild version coming on, doctors are kind of concerned a little bit. They're kind of watching you. Then, you know, we just got to take care of things better before we go into another pregnancy. We have to look out. We have to get, you know, the foods right. A lot of times getting the foods right clears that up, actually stops it from happening the next time around. That's an example. Um, and uh, so all this is important to, to know. So I want to talk about the thyroid a little bit. You know, the, the thyroid healing book's coming out. And, uh, and, and it's pregnancy and thyroid problems, they're getting thrown into the same boat. So if you're having pregnancy issues of any kind, they just, they just chop it up to uh, chalk it up to uh, um, thyroid. They just stick that up to thyroid. They just put them together. They don't even, you know, medical research, science, doctors, everybody, they just don't even realize that that's not what's going on. That's not, you know, you don't put those two together. Oh, uh, having a pregnancy problem? Well, oh, it's thyroid. That they're doing that now. Just start, you got to be on a ton of thyroid medication. Um, this is what you got to do because, it, you know, we got to, you know, you're not going to have a healthy baby if your thyroid's not working. That's where, where it's going big time. That's a big part of where things are going. That's not exactly correct in so many ways. Um, if, if there's a pregnancy issue, that's not, if there's if a difficulty getting pregnant, so it's not happening, okay? We can't just blame the thyroid like that. It's more than that. There's something else happening. And one of the things about a low-grade viral issue, like such as the EBV, it's it it's definitely one of these barricades for for stopping pregnancies too, for mystery pregnancies, mystery non pregnancies, um, and so it's and if someone has a thyroid problem, that means they have the Epstein Barr, and that means it's been in their system. That means it's it's going on. It sometimes gets gets in the way with the reproductive system, causing pregnancy issues. So it just gets thrown into the thyroid, you know, court right there. Boom. Oh, no, it's just only the thyroid. It's all thyroid. No, it's more than that when it comes down to not getting mystery non-pregnancies, mystery non-pregnancies when the thyroid's involved. And um, 
So if you work on cleaning up a viral condition like Epstein-Barr and, and you're not getting pregnant, you can work on it and get pregnant. And um, I, I, I know many women who actually they had the, the Epstein-Barr. They couldn't get pregnant. It was in the way. Doctors didn't know that. So they were just thinking, hey, it's the thyroid. Then they're thinking it's something else. Then they're thinking it's something else. And then these, and then these women, they, they um, worked on their Epstein-Barr and got pregnant. And doctors like, well, this is unbelievable. I don't understand. And they worked on their, their lowering their viral load and getting that squared away. So if you're having a difficult time getting pregnant, um, working on a viral load like Epstein-Barr is one of the tickets. It's one of the tickets for, for so many women, and that's, that's a great way of, of doing things. If Now, as far as thyroid problems in general, uh, women get pregnant with thyroid problems. They get pregnant without thyroid problems. They get – I mean, they, here, here's the funny thing. There's women with no thyroid problems, no viral conditions that can't get pregnant. There's nothing funny about it, but what, how it works is – that there's other things at hand with the reproductive system. A lot of times in mystery cases, the doctors be like, well, everything looks good. Follicles are there. Everything's there. We've got the eggs. We've got everything. There's no blockages. Fallopian tubes look great. There's no blockages in the fallopian tubes. Um, uterus looks good. There's no fibroids up inside the uterus. Everything looks good there. And with all that, it's a mystery. And there's no pregnancy happening. Um, the sperm looks good. That checks out. Everything's good. There's swimmers. All's good. And, but there's no pregnancy. And so then, you know, thyroid looks good. Nothing's coming up on that. Nothing's coming up other things. He could still have a low-grade viral issue that's actually in the reproductive system, creating a problem, not letting a pregnancy happen. I've seen this too so many times. And then when, when women work on that low-grade virus, work on that low-grade viral problem, they get pregnant. And so this I've seen over and over again too. And sometimes if there isn't a viral condition present at all, it's about the reproductive system being trained to be on low battery. So what happens is with birth control, the pill, everything about birth control, it's not just the pill. It's not just the hormonal pill. It's not just blocking the pregnancy. It's a mindset. I can't get pregnant, don't want to get pregnant. So a lot of women now, they're just, you know, they're in their younger years and they're dating or they have relationships, but they don't want to get pregnant and they have careers they have to move forward with, all these different things, whatever it is. I can't get pregnant now. I can't get pregnant now. It's a mindset. And what it does, it's like a mantra. It becomes an affirmation. I'm never, I, I can't get pregnant. I don't want to get pregnant. God forbid if I get pregnant right now. I hope my birth control is working. I need my birth control because I can't get pregnant. It's said over and over in a woman's mind hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Hundreds, thousands of times. If you're on birth control for 12 years, 15 years, and you're dating or you have a relationship, you actually have it impregnated in your mindset telling your body you never want to get pregnant right now. You don't want to get pregnant. It would be a disaster if you get pregnant right now. You can't. you got things to do. you got this and that. What that does is it trains the reproductive system to shut down, to shut down and go on low battery. You come off birth control, you can't get pregnant, you don't know why, and you're going to every doctor and you're about to start treatments and you do all these things and you can't get pregnant because we told our reproductive system never to get pregnant year after year after year, not only with the pill but mentally. So what happens is we end up 
in trouble there. So it's about firing the, the uh, reproductive system back up. And you can. You can get pregnant and fire that reproductive system back up. How can you do it? You tell your reproductive system, it's time to get pregnant. It's time to get pregnant. It's time to get pregnant. You get on a whole bunch of raspberry leaf tea every day. And I don't mean a cup a day. I mean you're, you're, on, you're on six to ten cups of raspberry leaf tea every single day. And you're telling – because what that does is it tells the body to lactate. It tells the body to go into lactation. And you're just like, I want to get pregnant. I want to get pregnant. You take walks and you tell your reproductive system, I'm sorry I told you not to get pregnant for 10, 15 years or 12 years or 8 years or 6 years or 4 years. I'm so sorry. And you, tell, you, you apologize to your reproductive system and say, but now it's time and I need you and it's time to get on board. You reboot, you reboot your, your reproductive system. You reboot your ovaries, you reboot your uterus, you turn it on, you turn it all back on. You lay there at night and instead of plugging in your phone, you pre, well, after you plug in your phone, you imagine you're plugging a wire into your reproductive system. That's what you imagine. And that you're charging it up because you're telling it's time to charge up. We're doing this now. You put your hands on your reproductive system every night for half an hour. And you put your hands over there and you say, get light in there. Get light in there. You call the angels to get light into your hands and put light into your womb, your reproductive system. And you tell your reproductive, you turn it on. This works. I can't tell you how many times I've had this work and completely reboot because it's the, it's the whole birth control and, and moving forward in life in ways where you, there's no time for a baby and it's not the right time. It's not the right place. You don't have the right partner and you train and you teach a reproductive system not to have a baby and it stays like that and you can turn it around. You can turn it around. I've watched it happen over and over again. You can turn it right around. And get pregnant and look out because you're going to get pregnant, you know, you know, meaning like, you know, <laughs> get ready, get ready and quit the chocolate. You know, the, the funny thing, funny thing is I think, you know, when women, um, when they are pregnant, I mean, it's, it's about things that make emotionally happy too. that whole wave that can hit. And, you know, and I've never experienced that because I'm not a woman and I understand that. Um, and I try to experience it through, you know, through the work I've done all these years. And, uh, so I understand just taking chocolate away could be something that's like literally devastating, <laughs> devastating. But if you, but if you can, you know, keep it, keep it down. So let's talk about some other things. Time's going to fly. We're going to do, we're going to do so many of these. I can tell we're going to do like a series of these because, um, it's, it's just not going to happen in just this one, one time frame. Okay. Foods, foods to improve breast milk versus not improving breast milk. Let's just cover that real quick. Um, breast milk is sugar. It's all sugar. I actually broke that news a long time ago out there. I broke that news to the industry. It was never talked about. Literally, it didn't even exist, just so you know. There was no data on it. You could pop on the internet. There was nothing on it years ago. Nothing, 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 nothing. Just like so many other things that Spirit and I bring to the table. It's sugar water. That's what breast milk is. You, you need to understand this. There's a reason for that. There's very low fat, very low protein. It's roughly around 1% protein. Now, some women, it can, it, can, it can get jacked up as close to 2.5% protein in the breast milk. But it usually sits 1% to 1.5%. Okay. One to 1.5% of protein in the breast milk. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? Very low fat, very low fat in breast milk, 
very low levels of fat in the breast milk. What does that tell you? It's all sugar. It's why formulas, which are still unbalanced, still unbalanced, they have tons and tons and tons of corn syrup in in formulas, at least most of the formulas out there. Tons and tons of sugar is in a formula. Interesting, huh? Why is it all sugar? Corn syrup, horrible anyway. Formulas, most of them just horrendous because of that very reason. And then a little bit of soy, you know, soy oil, fat, and then something else in there, whatever, and, and, and some protein. But they're still off balance too. They don't even have the ratio right. The ratios are less protein, less fat, and more sugar. But God forbid, you know, because the formulas should be more corn syrup. It's terrible. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. With breast milk, it's sugar water. You have to understand this. This is so critical because women are afraid of eating a piece of fruit when pregnant because of trends, because of gestational diabetes they're worried about, which doesn't come from a piece of fruit when you're pregnant. It also, I mean, I, I can't believe the information that's out there that's still backwards. Here we are. What year is it? Is it, is it 1903? Because you know what? As far as information out there for, for women and for pregnancies and babies, it's 1903. That's what it is out there. You know, <laughs> got to be. I'm being sarcastic because honestly, it still is in so many different areas. I mean, regarding the thyroid too, about how they treat, the, how they just lock it up all in one ball and say, "Oh, it's your thyroid causing it. That's what's causing your non-pregnancy." And you know, that is that's even off. That's not even up to par at all on any level. So, but when it comes down to breast milk. It's sugar. It has, this has to be understood because guess why? Because to grow a baby, glucose has to be extremely high to develop the brain of the baby, to develop the baby. The baby needs more carbohydrates than anything else. This is so critical to understand. That's why breast milk is 95% sugar. There's a reason for this. Now, I say this with a lot of passion because the argument out there just of people that don't know and they just, they just make mommies eat things like tons and tons of protein, which will lessen breast milk, tons and tons of fat, which will lessen breast milk. So the recommendations, I can understand if you're a mommy and it's just, you're just like, you've, you've had it and you just want to eat what you want to eat because you've just, you've been throwing up for two months during worst morning sickness. So I get it. Just eat whatever makes you feel good because I need you to feel good mentally and emotionally. But if you're also a mommy that's, you know, listening to stuff that's out there, reading literature that's out there on the internet, hearing just misinformation from somebody that you should be on a high protein diet, low carbohydrate diet while pregnant. That's, that's, that's terrifying, terrifying because that's not going to help the baby. It's not going to help produce breast milk. I can't tell you how many women I've worked with that have very little breast milk, lost their breast milk early. We had to get it back by having them eat potatoes. By having them eat potatoes to get the breast milk back. By having them eat lots of banana smoothies to get the breast milk back. Even though doctors are like, well, where's your protein? You're not eating enough protein. And the breast milk was coming back full throttle again, saving the baby. Uh, You know, it's unbelievable because breast milk's made out of sugar. It doesn't mean eat ice cream because ice cream is a bad kind of sugar plus fat. You know, ice cream, it's just not good. Avocados are amazing for creating breast milk because they're, they're fatty, but they're sugary, and the fat is a different viscosity. 
And the sugar is a different kind of glucose, different kind of fructose in an avocado. Fantastic for breast milk. And so, you know, that's really important to understand all on its own. So don't be afraid of things like more avocados when you're pregnant. Don't be afraid of potatoes when you're pregnant because it's, it's like a miracle food. Basically what happens is if you don't eat enough carbohydrate while pregnant, the baby's going to search for it somewhere else. The body is going to literally deliver every stored up fiber of carbohydrate within every cell of your body to the baby to get to get the baby to grow so it won't be underweight. That's what will happen. So it's critical the carbs are going in. No anti-carb diets, no anti um, – yeah, I, you don't want to be on chocolate cake and wheat gluten. You don't want to be on all that. I, I get it. That's not what I mean. I mean lots of potatoes. I don't mean sweet potatoes, regular potatoes, russets, Yukon golds, uh, purple potatoes, um, red potatoes, red skin potatoes, You know where they're, they're still white inside. You want those kinds of foods. You want lots of bananas. You want different kinds of fruits because you want the sugar from the fruits. You want that there. You can do – if you're going to eat chocolate cake or some kind of wheat gluten anyway, then do some millet bread. Um, do some decent quinoa. You know, that, that can be good too. Those are good carbohydrates you can use. Um, yeah, if you're an animal protein, you love animal protein, have it. But don't let it dominate the entire diet, stopping you from eating a piece of fruit or taking advice to eat nothing but bacon and eggs and then – which is not actually going to create the amount of breast milk you're really going to need. Some women, it just happens anyway because they have such a glucose reserve in their liver. They have a good, strong liver so that even if they eat the worst diet ever, the worst you know, um, carb-low diet ever during their pregnancy, they still might have breast milk because they have had so much storage bin in a strong liver. So those, they, yeah, there's a group of women that can do that. Um, especially if they're younger, they can do that. There, there is a group, but there also is a large group of women. It can't produce breast milk after they do the lower carb thing. And gestational diabetes, it doesn't occur from eating fruits or doesn't occur from eating potatoes. It occurs from putting cheese on a potato. It occurs putting eating ice cream, which is a fat and sugar combined, both a bad fat and bad sugar combined. So this is just a couple of tips. I can tell we're going to run out of time. PCOS, that's Epstein-Barr. So PCOS creating a non-pregnancy, pregnancy issues, that's 100% Epstein-Barr. Epstein-Barr creates PCOS. I talk about that in the thyroid healing book. Um, so that's definitely about getting a viral condition better. And women with PCOS get told to eat lots of eggs, which is absurd. I can't even tell you how bad that is. Eggs feed Epstein-Barr, which makes more PCOS. So that's a whole other problem all on its own. I talk about that in thyroid healing. Um, supplements, prenatals are okay. Sure. If you need to take a prenatal because emotionally it'll feel better that you're doing something fine, but a little bit of spirulina, a half a teaspoon, a teaspoon of spirulina, a teaspoon of barley grass juice powder alone is better than a prenatal, meaning it does more. It offers more for the baby and your body than any kind of store-bought prenatal that comes from a vitamin factory, pharmaceutical vitamin factory. That's what they are now. They all get them from the same places. 90% to 90, maybe even not more than 90% of all prenatals 
on the shelf at the store with different labels that have their different companies all get it from the same warehouse. They order it from these are companies ordering bulk from the same crappy warehouse that's pharmaceutical created these vitamins stored in bulk, all cheap, just old vitamins, sometimes years and years old, believe it or not. And it's ordered in bulk, put together, you know, each, each, each company has it put together and they get their own prenatal together. They just do a different design of what exactly they want in it and everything else. And you can do that. You can do prenatal, but, but like I said, teaspoon of barley, teaspoon of grass juice powder, teaspoon of um, spirulina, much better. A, a little bit of iodine, if you're thinking you got a thyroid condition, even or non-thyroid condition, a one drop of the right kind of nascent iodine helps pregnancies be healthy. It protects the mom. It protects the baby. That's an important factor. Now you're going to see a lot on that. That's that you know that maybe there's stuff that says, oh, that's not good. No, it is good. Um, you know, methylfolate. If you're having pregnancy problems, methylation problems, and I'm not just not talk, I'm not saying it's all about gene mutations because that's a whole other thing. We did that show already, but any kind of methylation problems in general that occur, even if it's if someone's saying you have the gene mutation, you want the methylfolate. But methylfolate's critical for pregnancy. Critical. Even when you're pregnant, you should take one milligram. And talk to your practitioner about it. Tell your practitioner, take one milligram of methylfolate daily or every other day, which is good when you're pregnant. Um, So these are just some of the basic supplements. As far as herbs go, I I would stay away from herbs unless you have a doctor that's recommending a practitioner, you know, a loving practitioner that's recommending an herb for a reason. And uh, because they're trying to keep you off of a drug that could harm the baby. So yes, an herb would be a lot better than any of that. But what I do is keep the herbs low. A little peppermint tea is okay. Um, little nettle leaf tea is okay. I mean, th- those two things are, you know, a little bit of lemon balm could be okay. A little bit lemon balm tea, but you don't want to go crazy on the herbs. You don't want to go crazy on too many vitamins. Too many vitamins. You know, the prenatal will have vitamin D in there and stuff like that. And that's okay. But you don't have to go crazy on taking too many extra vitamins. The foods it has to be good. Lots of leafy greens, fruits and vegetables. That's where it has to come from mostly for pregnancies, for, you know, for babies, for pre-pregnancies. It has to come from, it has to come from the foods. We have to just think about the foods a lot better and a lot more. Look, we're going to have to do another one of these. I can't even scratch the surface of this. I swear to God, it's, it's, uh, I want to, but there's, I can't believe we're out of time. Um, check out my book, Thyroid Healing. Um, you know, you can go to Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, whatever, and just check it out because go to my website and check it out because it, it's, you're, you're going to love that book. You're going to love it. It's not just about the thyroid. It's about everything. And, um, just know I care. I love you. And I stand behind you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for dealing with me on this show. <laughs> and uh, I love you much. All good. Take care and uh, see you next time.